What's going on, y'all? James Hicks here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time. This being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use. Right, been looking for how to get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers how to really how to monetize and believe it or not I found the right platform that's getting the job done that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up that platform is anchor anchor is a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing your podcast best of all it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use and now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Check it out. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. This is an ad for Anchor, if you didn't guess that by now. Check it out. If you want to get started with Anchor, if you want to start sending out your message, owning your own platform, broadcasting your message, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me, join the rest of the diverse uh, authors and owners of content out there. Get your podcast off the ground. Let us know where it is. Talk to you soon. Y'all be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, August 1st, welcome to another episode of uh, ITN Live Unscripted with Scoop and EB. EB, how you living, brother? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I was running a little bit late, man. Oh. I was, I was uh, hiking. My legs were sore. Okay. <laughs> well, it is Saturday, so no no issues with that. I appreciate that, that you're getting out there and, and staying healthy. You know, me and the family just got back from Mendocino, so we are uh, rested and recovered. Um Today's show, man, this this came out of you, right? You you had some conversations, and we had some conversations a couple of weeks ago about um, the importance of PPE, personal protective equipment, you know, and the fact that you, uh, military veteran, uh, and and have seen what it's really like, you know, the importance of wearing protective gear when you're in interesting situations that, you know, some are classified, some are not classified. We can talk about some things. We can talk about some other things. But um, so, so we, you thought it'd be a good idea to get us together and find some like-minded folks who have kind of been in the same situation that you've been in and, and talk about, like, from a military aspect, right, and understanding that why it's important to be protected, why it's important to wear these masks and, 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 and to be cognizant of the, uh, 
of the of the issues that are facing us and tying that back to covid right uh you got a little you got a little feedback coming on your microphone but but still tell us a little bit about what you think about uh again the topic and then i'll, I'll bring everybody online that we got sitting in behind the scenes um you know what actually you know covid did spark up you know big um not not, not issues but just something to think about because uh, honestly we, we really um we never cognizant about you know things that can happen or, or things that you can spread um during like during the pandemic right so we're in a pandemic right so um you know in the military you know we we were in like situations or or environments where ppe protective gear was necessary but i don't think we took it as serious does that make sense yeah, that makes that makes sense. So you know, let's let's not delay, man. Let I've got uh, we, we've got a, a very cool panel sitting behind the scenes, and let me let me slowly bring everybody online. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this this panel right here is no joke. Uh, this this panel that we've got right here is some some men who have seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Right? Who who was that? Was that Clint Eastwood? Was that was that who that was that said that? But Let's do some introductions first. Uh, you know who I am. You know who, who Eric is. Let me start with the senior first. You know, let, let me be respectful and start with that young man at the bottom right. So, Mr. James Hicks, if you can give us your name and, and your location. Uh, I am James W. Hicks, senior, and I'm currently uh -oh. located in Roseville, California, in the Sun City Complex. Uh, what is the addition we get to here? Well, look, you just did a shout out to all you people there in Sun City. Not, not, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go next to uh, Mr. Danny, please. Danny, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are. Yeah, I'm Danny O'Neill. I'm in uh, Folsom, California. Every once in a while, I play golf over there in Sun City area. Uh, but I definitely love living here with my, my big family and, uh, you know, trying to make a difference in the world. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And last but not least, the man with uh, the, the Tiferet or Tiferet? Tiferet. Tiferet. Okay. Let me let me pronounce it right. Let's yeah. give a little shout out to the coffee house. I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, too. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Marvin. I live in Antelope, California. Uh, did Air Force active duty four years, 20 years reserve. Awesome. Awesome. E, tell about yours. I'm gonna start with you, E, and then you know what I'm really gonna do. I'm kind of gonna be like the Wizard of Oz behind the scenes, pulling the strings. I'm gonna let you gentlemen talk about again as you introduce yourself again. Talk about your military experience, what branch of service that you were in, and then the relevance of personal protective equipment and what you've seen, uh, what you can talk about that you've seen, um, and how that kind of relates to our need today to be wearing masks and protective equipment as we deal with COVID. Because I, I don't think that enough of society, civilians in society are taking this as seriously as they should be, which is why we have spikes occurring in all different types of states and all different types of locations. So um, Eric, let's, let, let's start with you with, with that piece of discussion, your uh, branch of service and then kind of some of your experiences that you've had while, while you were uh, active duty. Okay, like Marvin, I was actually in the Air Force. I was in for about six and a half years, so uh, I was a um, environmental specialist, and then we kind of merged in with um, the electricity, so we were doing electro-environmental systems. Either way, we're working on aircraft, so we're around a, <laughs> a potential hazard. 
Um, yeah, I worked on F-16s, I worked on heavies, I worked on 141s, uh, 130s, uh, C5s, you know, when I was in the Philippines, different type of planes came in. Um, it, it, it's talking about PPE, so, and I don't want to take away from the military, the military in, you know, they informed us, hey, you're going to be working around some crazy, dangerous stuff, but as you become, as you start working in the maintenance field, in, in my uh, experience, um, you know, you became complacent, you know, you, you had to wear masks and you go in there, you wear masks, but there are times like, it, especially in the Philippines or the hotter areas, regions, you're like, okay, I'm not going to wear this mask. I'm just going to do some work real quick. You don't realize that you're, you know, take for instance, okay, so I, I did the military, I was working on aircraft and then I was civil service uh, working at the Paul Air Force Base. We did uh, kind of depot type maintenance where we ripped the plane apart and re put everything in during peak time compliance changes. Um, and I, I, I would know I had to, you know, you put brackets in like maybe uh, a fuel cell, so they would take the bladder out. But you know, I don't know anybody that's worked on aircraft knows that if you take the bladder, you're still gonna have some fumes in there. So you're you're sitting there, oh, it's gonna take me ten minutes. I'm sitting there ratcheting, and you know, you don't think about there's there's a hazard, you know, um, you know, the, the cancerous fumes, the JPA yeah. that that's helping bladder. So well, um, well I say Mar Marvin, you definitely know about that as well, right? Work, working on the fuel yeah. cells. So I mean, so you guys can kind of bounce back and forth in terms of the the, yeah. the, the criticality of, of being protected. Well, yeah. Like you said, you do get complacent. Um, depending on what you're working on, you know, if you see a spill on the ground, your tendency is to grab it, to touch it with your hands, your bare hands, and, and smell it. Um, somebody was uh, being inspected, and it was like, oh, what's that on the aircraft? And the guy went and started to touch it, and the guy inspector said, hey, no, you can't do that. You need to put some gloves on. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's complacent. Sometimes you have a rag, and you can grab it, wipe it, smell it, see what's going on. But you do get complacent sometimes because you, you've been in a situation. Yeah. You usually know what it is already. So either you know to touch it or you know not to touch it, depending on what part of the aircraft it's leaking from, where on the ground it is. All right. So. So, Dad, you, I mean, let me let me ask you, Dad, because you were FMS, Field Maintenance Squadron, and you, again, got to see the underside, underbelly of all the, uh, the old school planes, B-52s, you know, <laughs> and things like that. So, uh you can relate to this, right? Uh, going going out there and working on something in an emergency situation, and probably you, you run out there on the flight line and you don't have all your gear on like you're supposed to, maybe, right? But but you go out there and you have because you got to get the job done before the bombers start start taking flight. I, I just give us some perspective on that. You know, uh, I'll be happy to. One of the things I want to address that I think is important uh, the, you, the term we now PPE. Well, when I was back in the military, I didn't know about PPE. We knew about gloves, goggles, aprons, and things of that nature, and earphones, you know? But uh, right now, the common name PPE, uh, uh, what's it called, a professional, uh, personal protective equipment, you just don't realize how important that is until you become a victim of not using PPE. Mm. He, myself, uh, like my son was saying, one of the things, I worked in... Uh, I'll give you one aspect of the uh, what I did in the Air Force. I worked in a hydraulic shop. That's pneumatic hydraulics. And that means I worked in any airplane, got landing gears, yeah, flight controls, uh, steering, and so forth. I worked on the variety of aircraft in the Air Force. And one of the things we had to do, because some aircraft had what was known as engine-driven pumps on their engines. And when you repair, replace, or reinstall one of those items, you have to test it out. In order to test it out, you have to run the engine on the aircraft. And when you run the engine on the aircraft, you encounter an extremely loud noise. 
Yeah. You encounter noise, noise, noise for several years, you find out your hearing will be affected one way or the other. And I personally was real cognizant, always wearing hearing, ear protection, ear protection. And I can still remember the day when I, in 1973 when I was in Germany when they detected that my right hearing in my right ear was going out. And I said, KB, because I'm always wearing hearing protectors. I'm always wearing hearing protectors. Way back in 1976, I came to Castle Air Force Base, and the flight surgeon pulled me off the flight line. I used to fly on these aircraft also. That was another thing. Uh, the flight surgeon pulled me off the flight line and told me that my human has got to the point where it's got to take me out of hazardous noise areas. Hazardous noise areas. The protector we use was the hearing aid. Overhead, we use right now face masks. You got to use these things. Do you know? I almost went into a panic because I knew, all I knew was fixing airplanes, working airplanes, and enjoying that. And when the flight surgeon told me that if you continue to lose any more, it's going to affect the manner in which you speak. And I was being kind of humorous. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. He explained to me the importance of wearing this PPE. What I need to explain to any and everybody to hope they'll take here to it, you got to wear this stuff. You got to use this yeah. stuff because you know, when you don't use it and then you become a victimized of not using it, it can be devastating. And one of the things we're finding out right now that devastation is death. People are dying by not yeah. using it. Uh, James, yeah. let me say one more thing. When I talk about this, you know, I ain't never, I, just, I haven't talked about an item like this in a long time. I use it as an example. You ever see a beekeeper going to beehive without a uniform, without the protection? What happens no. if the beekeeper goes into the beehive without the protection? He or she would get something. Right. Going to be a problem. Going to be a problem. Yeah. Okay. You know, that, that's a that's a great segue, I think, to the, to the man to your immediate left. Or, well, I'm looking at him from the left because... <laughs> Danny, tell us a little bit about you uh, and, and your military service. Um, first and foremost, I guess, before you even say that, you gentlemen, thank you for your service. We all appreciate that. Uh, I don't think it's said enough. Uh, respectfully, you know, it hasn't been said for as long as it should have been. Uh, but we can, we can talk about that at a later date, too, as well. But tell us a little bit about, about, about you, Danny. So I grew up here in Northern California. Uh, I signed up for the Army on 9-11 uh, in 2001. I was 19. And it really drove me to, you know, take action. I knew that I was young, I was in shape, and I wanted to make a difference. I knew I was capable, and um, it was I felt it was my duty after we had been attacked. And that led me, you know, the military immediately, they try to teach you to be a, a leader. So within a few months, you get a new guy who's to your left and you got to help make sure he's not screwed up and in the right uniform, right place, right time so that you don't get in trouble. Everybody's responsible and accountable to each other, right? You're responsible for yourself. You're accountable for, uh, with each other. And that helps create an environment where people do the right thing because you're always being accountable, right? So a couple things come to mind with the PPE in particular, a couple stories that have happened now. So I was a, a fire support specialist. We have different names. Okay. They call us fisters because we're fire support team. So my job is to go with the infantryman. I'm an artillery guy who goes and calls for um, artillery, mortars, and air support. So your A-10, Warhawks, all your Apaches, anything that's going to drop bombs or shoot at the enemy. My, I'm a direct action guy, so my job is to go make contact with them. So PPE for me is paramount to success. The reason that we're the greatest military in the world is because we have equipment that protects us. Now, there's two instances in my mind when we first started talking about doing this in the beginning, uh, was 
for me, there was a there was a picture that was all over. So in two in I did the initial invasion in 03 in Iraq, and I did uh, I didn't end up after signing up for 9/11. I didn't I didn't go to Afghanistan. I went to Iraq twice. Okay. So I went in the initial invasion in 03, then I went back again in December of 05. Now, in in 06 when we were there, there was a picture of a guy who had his Oakleys on. You have to have um, eye protection, hearing protection, and then your personal protective equipment, your plates, body armor, your ammo, all that stuff, right? Okay, so this soldier was wearing his now by the way oakley every one of their lenses that oakley makes is a ballistic glass no matter what pair of sunglasses you have or even uh eyewear they're ballistic rated glass so it's super good anyhow there was a piece of shrapnel that stuck in this gentleman's right where his eyeball was and it stuck in this wow. in the glasses in his ppe it saved his eyesight for sure that eyeball and possibly his life who knows at the velocity because it cools it off very quickly the ballistic glass cools so it doesn't go through it doesn't melt and go through so it was it helped it showed that the stuff works so they posted the picture everywhere so people knew right now we had a guy so we got different plates when we first got there we had these kind of ceramic looking body armor plates uh and then like uh two months into our tour we got these armor piercing uh protective plates that had like a steel plate inside of it and they were more protective but they were three pounds heavier right per plate so six pounds on top of all your gear it's 130 degrees outside go fight for your life well some of the guys just like you guys are just like eb was talking man guys are they're passive or they they think ah i'm good i'm not going to get hit i'm not going to be the one well one of our guys got shot by a sniper and it went right through his plate and hit his stomach immediately i was out on patrol immediately they said check your buddy look to your left and right and check your buddy what plates does he have in if he doesn't have the right plates, you make him put them on as soon as you get back right and it was important because it showed not only how effective this stuff was it was showing wow. what happens when you didn't utilize it right yeah. so so on top of that we have these things that we don't know if they're going to work we don't know what's what's going to happen uh with you know like for example we have an nbc uh outfit that's got charcoal inside of it and that stands for nuclear biological and chemical in case we get attacked with one of those weapons right mm -hmm. now you don't know if this stuff's gonna work but are you gonna chance it and not put on your gear yeah. no way right. you're definitely you, if you think gas is coming or something you're putting your gear on right yeah. so this is no different do i want to wear a mask no do i forget it yeah but the point is that i have to do that because it's not about me it's about the bigger picture it's about showing my kids what right looks like and about showing society that we are accountable to each other and not just that but i want to protect the people who are at risk i i may not be but that doesn't mean that you know senior here isn't at, at risk or someone else who's you know maybe have a little bit older and has health issues we want to make sure that we're doing our part to show them that uh we can make a difference as individuals by doing the right yeah. thing i mean and that, that's, a, that's i think what you point talk about is a critical thing and, and eric I'll, I'll let you again lead, lead the discussion but just the fact that you may not want to wear it. It may, it may be heavy. It may be hot. It may be inconvenient. But at the end of the day, this is this is gear. This is these are requirements that are out here to protect you, save your life. And, and, and you've got to do it in that one time when you don't do it. Something's coming up with six and, and you get hit right again. If you're not wearing the right right type of equipment, that could have been that one time where unfortunately you, you didn't get up from it. So, I mean, you know, this discussion is what I'm what I'm. I know it's extreme, right? And it's kind of apples and oranges, but I guess I want folks that are watching this to understand the fact that the gentlemen that are here in front of you right now have seen the dark and the ugly and, and, and all those types of situations, but they've survived and they've gotten through it because they were protected as they should have been. All we're asking folks to do out here, up and down, Roseville, Antelope, Folsom, and wherever, 
put a mask on, right? So so we don't have to deal with this uh, next year. Uh, we don't have to deal with this for much longer. Um, Eric, talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, if, if you can re- relate to some of the things that, that, that Danny was saying, right? And then again, I'll let, I'll let you guys just have that free flow and discussion about some of your experiences. I'm, I'm trying to do a scared straight, to be honest with you, and, and, and try to get folks to, 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 to uh, buy into our message. You know, I think that's good. I think Danny touched on a good point. And, uh, again, not, not knowing everyone's age, I think what, what I, when we first started discussing about the show, the different generations, so the, I, you know, I went in 86. So uh, in 86, things, you know, people may have been lack. But not even just talking about the generation differences, um, because he's talking about, like, the, 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 the training, the training differences between the branches. Um, you know, he... he He's talking about um, these guys do a buddy system. I don't remember that in, in the Air Force. I mean, Morgan, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, when I was in the Air Force, I, I don't know that we did a buddy system. I know that there are some people that did police others, but I think that's huge. I think training would be the if consistent standard training throughout all branches was the same. I think there would be. I don't know. You tell me. Would it be? Would, would it be better? Um, because we didn't, they, we, I was in the flight line, so you know we were we're going out the red balls and you know red balls when you you have a plane right at the end of the runway waiting to fly. When I was working at 16, we had to go out there pull the EPU pin in or put a pin in, you know, or, 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 or park a plane, whatever. I'm, there's a lot of times I went out there, I didn't have like a, a helmet. I, man, I hit that pitot tube. I got like three stitches. <laughs> I mean, does it have to be tragedy? <laughs> so for you to you know for people to kind of oh I need my PPE, you know. Uh, I don't think so. I think training is huge, EB, because so like when you talk about the flight line, right? So I was airborne and all that stuff. So we, and you know, we use the Air Force to fly us around sometimes. So when we go out there and, you know, there's no headgear, so you don't have a hat or anything on. And the guys are like, hey, why don't we have that, Sergeant? And the answer is because you don't want it to fly into the planes. You know, you don't want it to cause a problem out there. You don't want it to fly off and you're trying to chase it. You don't want any issues. Well, they don't necessarily thinking about that. But once you train them on this is how we do it, this is the standard operating procedure, people get it and they, they do it. And then they show the next guy, they teach the next one. And that really, so when you talk about training, for me, that's, you know, nail on the head because it really does, um, well, number one, it gives guidance and leadership and it shows people what right looks like. Well, it's, it's, it's not the training. Uh, the training's fine. It's the reinforcement of the training. Uh, or people, once they get out of the training, do they constantly keep doing it? Because, you know, like, like EB was saying, you get complacent. Oh, I'm not yeah. doing this. I, I've done this plenty of times, you know. Um, yeah. I think I might have been in a situation like that before once or twice, but it was like, whoa, this plane is loud. I need to put my, my uh, ear defenders on. Or you got to put some goggles on because like uh, uh, Mr. Hicks said, you got to run that engine to see that see if that line is going to leak or not. And if you're next right. to that line and it does leak, you're getting sprayed. Yeah. And you don't want that sky drill, which is some nasty stuff in your nah. eyes, on your skin, or anything. Even the fuel, the fuel is nasty. You know, you're exactly right though, Marvin, because I know I know for sure, like, so there's all this stuff about the 3M earplugs right now, right, with folks in the military hearing loss. Okay, well, I'll tell you, right? So I was an artillery guy, we shoot bombs. I'm supposed to be there so I can adjust it, so I need to be up close. Our guys hardly ever wore them. They thought that it would make it would hinder their ability to hear the guys next to them or the radio, and so they wouldn't even wear them. And now they're like, "Oh, pay me because my hearing I got hearing loss, and you didn't wear your PPE, and now you're feeling the consequences of that." Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they got complacent. You know, I need to say some regard that because I need to take you back to Vietnam because um, there's some places and sometimes when you did not want to have anything in your ears. 
because you didn't want anybody sneaking up on you. And so I tell you, that's one of the things I have to deal with right now. The fact that anybody on me makes me jump or I react in response. However, but the overall benefit of wearing hand protection, you cannot, you cannot uh, put it down. But then, like I said, one exception I know is when you are in the bushes or wherever you may be and you're trying to hear every sound and recognize every little crank and crinkle, you don't want to have anything uh, to deflect the ability to hear that. However, if you're not out there, you need to wear every piece of protective gear you can get. And let me slip for a second, if I may, uh, gang, uh, because uh, there's a career I had in the Air Force that a lot of that I'm aware of, I guess, due to classification. Uh, my first permanent, uh, uh, my per first permanent station, I was assigned to the Air Force Special Weapons Center in the Air Force Base. Air Force Special Weapons Center. We did things like uh, NDI. NDI means non-destructive inspections. We work as chemical. And I'm telling you, back in the 60s, when you call them now PPEs now, we were PPEs because the effect of the chemicals with direct contact with your skin or your body was hazardous, was dangerous, and it created a lot of unpleasant situations for people. That's where I learned, that's where I personally learned in the Air Force the importance of, of personal protective equipment. Because had I not used it, as I was supposed to use it, I don't feel and believe I would be here now, especially with what the items I was dealing with. Can you imagine going on the radiation uh, two or three times a week? Mm. I had to wear a badge to, to measure the amount of radiation my body took before I could do another thing. What I'm saying, I am really stressing what we call it PPEs, because PPEs do work. The only time it don't work is when you take the mask off and get placed in the cast. I'm in the cast. So that's, that, I have to use that example because to me, it has been personally, personally, personally good for myself to have me here today. Um, taking it back, taking it back over to the war, to the Vietnam. Okay, see in, in the war, and I'll I'll just give you a little bit. I can't give you a whole lot. Um, in the war. People feel and think that people feel and think that the Air Force, the Air Force, you know, we are luxury living and living in the barracks and living, eating in the dining halls and so forth, the Army Marines and so forth. They out in the bushes, uh, running the snakes and all of these things. What made the PPE the most, one of the most effective tools in the Vietnam War for the Air Force was that Tet Offensive. Normally we walk around having all those flashbacks on. But when they had their tent offensive, we found out that the PPE for that better the helmet and the flight fence, they were life-saving devices. Right. And and that had to happen for us to realize how important. Coming to the day. It's like a, a seatbelt. We don't know all everything. Okay, no, don't wear your seat back and get into the situation you'd be throwing out the vehicle you'd be saying you wish you had. Yeah. Same thing with that mask. Same thing. There's so much they can't tell us about this whole because there's so much they don't know. But what they have indicated, hey, right now we do know that that mask, those gloves, and shield are protective items. Consider to use them if you want to continue to live. If you love your family, consider to use them. If you love yourself, consider to use them. Because this COVID thing is attacking ages from two to hundred two. You know what I'm saying? And some of us are here because we chose to use 
the nexus of the PP. I can't get up this word PPE. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the new. That's the politically correct. That's the new word today, Daddy. That's the new word. No, but you know, you 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 doing like 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 old pastor used to say. You know, make it plain for sure. You are you making it plain, Daddy. You, you had something, and and Marvin, I know you had some some gear uh, with you. I think you had some masks or something. Or what, what do you got? You got some books? What you got? Well, you know, I got. Oh shoot! Look at this. He pulled out some documentation. What you got, Danny? Oh, he, he but, came uh, with you know show and tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just got the mask that I wear at work. Uh, got to rep my Eagles, you know. No, see, so I'm gonna take you off camera. Hold on, Let me, <laughs> that, that's that. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know who this is, Danny. I'm sorry. You know, stuff I wear at work. You know. Yeah. But uh, with this manual that I have, had to dig in the crates for this. As soon as you told me about it, I was like, you know. And actually reading the first paragraph on this, it says, the world is changing fast, new threats, new technologies, and new tools are changing the way we prepare for conflict. The 21st century Air Force must be ready for the challenges. This manual it will help you get there. So. With the change. So first of all, hold on. So what what year was that from? Nineteen ninety nine. Nothing changed, brother. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. yeah, I mean things are changing constantly. Um, and this show this has uh, the different mock mock levels for chemical warfare. Uh, the different mock modes tells you. I remember going through chem warfare training, and mm. you know you got you got your mask, you got your your, your gear, your boots, jackets, and everything. And they tell you, you know, they we practice putting it on from uh, for different mock levels. Uh, the most serious mock level, I forgot which one it was, from one to four, this and that. Where you got to either put on just a mask or you put on the whole gear. And after you practice putting it on, after a certain amount of time, uh, the instructor will, will blow a horn or do some kind of signal, and you have nine seconds to put your mask on. And it's not as soon as you hear and they tell you as soon as you hear the horn, you don't go <gasps> and then put it on. You gotta stop breathing at that point. Because mm-hmm. whenever chemical agent's there, it hits you, it's there, you take a deep breath, it's already in your system. You gotta stop breathing, put it on, have it donned and, and sealed, and then you can breathe. Yeah. As soon as you hear that horn, you gotta stop. And they did that for you on in the gas chamber, right? You gotta talk about the tear gas chamber, right? You, you gotta well, blow out. I was fortunate to where when I was in basic training that the gas chamber was broken every time I was scheduled to do that. Man, listen, when I went to the gas chamber, hold the wrenches in your pocket, the wrenches. (laughs) The gas chamber still no joke. Man, I heard. There was a there was a the first squad that was going in there. We were gonna be the uh, second platoon, but the first squad that went in, right? So there's like you know, 10 guys that go in. And the first thing you gotta do is you're in the warm-up room before you actually go in the room where they're making it. I don't know if it was the same for you guys. So you don't have your mask on at that point. You just, but you can start breathing it. And immediately guys are having burning eyes. Their eyes start watering. And then they say, okay, go in, you're going to go inside the room. Like you said, Marvin, hold your, you're going to hold your breath, put your mask on inside this room where they're using CS yeah. gas and it's filling up the room. The first guy they drug out, he passed out. So we know that the mask works because when you had your mask on, you didn't do that. But as soon as you took your mask off, now you're supposed to, when you go through that part, the gas chamber, you got to start saying a platoon model for us. You got to state your name. 
right? And and then platoon motto. So we're trying to, and you don't get halfway through it. If you know, if you're good, you get a quarter of the way through it before you're gasping. <laughs> Your lungs stop working, right? And then you go outside and you try not to hit the tree that's right out the exit door, and everybody's puking and spitting up out there, right? But we know that those gas masks work. You know, I'll tell you, I was in Korea. Um, before, before I went to Iraq, I was in Korea and they, they have alerts, um, every month and this very loud horn goes off and it's essentially, um, simulating an attack from North Korea or China. And so immediately you go into a runner cause we're, remember we're right by the DMZ. So we're right, right by North Korea. So, uh, you have all your gear ready to go to war, your go to war bag and immediately. So we usually go to mop one immediately where you get on your, uh, military, o- uh, overprotective posture or whatever. Right. So you have this suit that's filled with charcoal. When I first got to Korea, you're supposed to wash it and get all that charcoal out. Well, I didn't, mine was brand new in the package. Yeah. I decided to drink that night. Cause that's what they say. Go out drinking with the new guys. So I'm drinking. And if four 30 in the morning, this alarm goes off, this alert goes off and I come out of my room and I'm scared. I have no idea what's going on. Right. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to go into a field problem. We're going straight to the field. I'm like, I've been here for one day. And they're like, you got your stuff? Put on your mop. And I immediately, when he said, put on your mop suit and go get your weapon, I knew that my mop suit was brand new in the package. And I had charcoal in my ears and my eye for like a week and a half, right? It took forever to get it out. But that stuff works. And if we know that it works, it saved lives, then why not do it? What's the what's the point of, of not wearing it? And I think that's the issue. That's why, Let me that's give why, you I another think- example. Yeah. I was going to give you another example. I listened to what you were saying, and it reminded me of something that happened with my son when he was born. Because we were stationed in Michigan, and you know, in Michigan, up there where we were, you're talking about sub zero temperatures, you know? And out on the front line, can you imagine? I got to give it to the military. The military was way ahead in the civilian, and I don't mean to be uh, uh, putting anybody down, uh, but they were really ahead because they issued us what's known as bunny, bunny boots. Mm-hmm. protective gear to go to that flight line to work on those aircraft. Can you imagine being out there in that environment and not having that protection gear? Arms, legs, everything be falling off, breaking off because it's cold. So what I'm saying, once again, this validates the fact how important this protective, uh, personal protective equipment is. I can look at the PPE here. I validate once again we have to express how important it is because way back in, Way back when, if some of us did not wear that, we would not be here today to discuss this. Yeah, that's a good and point. I think that's, that's huge. One of the big, one of the big issues. The reason why we brought up this whole PP issue to begin with was because of the fact that these guys out here is COVID, right? There's COVID out there, but we're getting mixed mixed information because that one we got one group of people telling us, "Hey, you know, the mask will work." We got other, another group of people saying the mask won't work. And I'm gonna tell you right now, to, in my mind, the mask ain't gonna work. If I can blow out a candle with a mask on, then that's not the proper mask. On. And they say you can wear like your t-shirt, cut up a handkerchief, and you can blow through those things. So particles are gonna get through those. So there's a mixed message here. It's like it's like how is this gonna save us if if, if, the, if it's the particles that are you know getting through that? And I think for me, it's it's not the issue of of me. It's the issue of me maybe spreading it to somebody else. And I think people have so so into their individuality that they don't care about who they're like, I I don't need to wear a mask. I don't need this. I don't need that. And trust me, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't wear, I don't wear a mask when I'm outdoors or in my car, but when I'm around people, I'm going to wear a mask because I, who knows? I don't want to infect anybody and I don't want to, you know, how would you feel? And I think that's the question. I think people need to stop thinking about themselves and saying, Oh, if you're not worried about it, that's fine. However, I wear a mask because I don't know for sure, and I right. don't affect anyone else. And that's and, 
people like are senior about your family. If you love your family, you love your friends, you don't want to expose them to that. That is a very selfish way of thinking like EB, you know, when, when people are just considering themselves and not everyone else, I'm healthy. I, I don't think I'm going to die. You know, listen, I have anthrax running through my body from my government who said, just in case the enemy poisons us, turn out just my government poison me, you know? So, but, but like I said, you know, seatbelt parachute, they only work if you use them. Right, right now, what right. you said, I think is huge. Cause I agree. I don't think that cloth masks work. I, I don't, I don't believe it works. However, I'm still going to wear it when I'm around people because I want to do the right thing. And if it does mitigate it, make it a little bit better then I'm doing something to help. However, I think having the right equipment, that parachute, that seatbelt for the right situation, the right mask, that is the imperative part. If we have the right equipment, then we can really save lives and close this thing down. And then we can get back to some sort of normalcy. Things are going to be different than they were before. I don't have any, for me, there's no question about that. Things will never be the way they were before this, just because I think there's going to be a lot more caution in the world about spreading viruses and that sort of thing. However, I feel like if we, you know, this is a great opportunity for us as a society and as America to show the rest of the world, you know, because obviously we haven't been doing so hot and everyone looks at us as an example. And right now we're not setting the best one because there's a lot of that selfish thinking. He'd be just like you said, man. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have to agree, disagree with you guys with the, about the mask not working. They do work. Because, you know, I had to wear the N95 mask and it has a little flapper on uh, for a few times at work, depending on what I'm doing. And after a while, that moisture builds up if you keep it on for a while. So that's keeping the uh, your, 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 spit, your spit from going out. Uh, so and keeping uh, the, the whatever particles from coming in. Uh, for example, if the house is on fire, what do they tell you? Get a wet towel, maybe put it at the bottom of the of your door, or get a wet towel and put it over your face to keep that smoke from getting in. So it does work to a certain extent, depending on what kind of mask you have. Some of these masks I have are pretty thin, so it's not really helping. Uh, but it's just for show. Uh, some of them are pretty. Some of them are pretty. <laughs> you, you wearing them because they're pretty. Look, I was well, down I in, in, in Mendocino <laughs> this week, and a dude had a crochet mask, and I told my daughter, I said, George, that that's probably not doing much but he thinks it looks good so but I, I hear what you're saying on that look at the end of the day wear something right to protect yourself and to protect others or from, from keep you keep away from people you know give people's personal space I mean before it was your, you know you got your intimate space your personal space now it's social distancing man so hey you, you, you keep away from me bro you know I mean, I'm, I'm a hugger i see my people oh, yeah, i know can't give it we're giving everybody the elbow we're doing the kid and play now you know it, it, it's all i probably just dated myself with that one there's probably some folks watching that don't know what i mean when i say kid and play but, uh, but yeah you know let, let's 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 go into a oh, go ahead Ed. i'm gonna oh, tell you something from a from a 70 from a, from my perspective yeah. One of the most devastating things for me right now is not to be able to hug my granddaughter and my grandson. You know that? I got a bump, elbows, and teach feet. That is yeah. really, but you know what? You know what I say? They tell me if I do this thing down, later later on I might be able to get those hugs and, uh, and, and that I miss right now. So I'm not willing, I'm not willing to change the chance. I'm not willing to do I got a mask up. Keep collecting those hug credits. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let him add up. Let him add up. I get to hug Jennifer again, you know? Yeah. You know, keep, keep bringing food over here, then you never, you never know. I'll tell you what, really quick, I was yeah. just up in Sacramento. I was just up in Sacramento. My grandson had a uh, a, a motorcycle race. You know, they, were, they had you know, tons of people out there. I'm, 
I'm telling you tons of people. Um, there had to have been a good uh, 100 just drivers riding the bike in different age groups. And so we're out there. <laughs> I was up Eve, I was with my wife, me and my wife, and um, my son. Dude, we were the only three with basketball. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's terrible. That's terrible. And, uh, and all of these things, like the, like the smoke and everything, so, and the reason why my partner said the math won't work is because, yeah, even though you put a wet cloth on you, that smoke is still is still getting you. You know, yeah, that yeah. still getting you, and, and the dust and the dirt was still hitting us. I'm telling you, I, I was like hacking up dirt. <laughs> uh, my grandson did well. He took fourth place, but that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people would come up and go, oh, you know, you know, I want, you know like, trying to shake my hand. I said, no, you got to get away. And let me tell you what, here's why. Keep educating. That's all right. Educate. Oh, what do you, what do you got, Dave? <laughs> well, for let, I guess let, let me let me recap here. And and Danny, you're 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 new to this. Uh, like I said, this is a, this whole unscripted show is, is different than anything else that we do. It's it's off the it's off the cuff, right? We we just, we just shoot information now. It can be emotional. It can be uh, uh, one of us going on a rant or whatever the case may be. But the idea is this was a particular rant that I think we needed to have. That's why we kept it on the, the unscripted moniker. And the message was was more than timely and more than relevant and, 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 and very necessary. And, and, and I hope that folks watching uh, take heed to, I don't, I don't want to say the war stories, but, but you know, the reality stories that, that, that you guys uh, pre presented today. And, and I know there's more, and, and I think we want to continue to have this discussion uh, as we can, because just like the social conversations that we've been having on the other streams, these are the un these are the awkward conversations that I think that need to happen. And, and there, there's healing in, in having these conversations. Uh, so so don't 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 be surprised if I reach out to you gentlemen again to have an even deeper conversation, particularly about what you're doing in support of our military veterans, helping them make it through each day, helping them understand resources that are available to them, helping them understand that they are not alone. I mean, that, that's a conversation that continues that needs to happen as well. And I think you guys are the right guys who have, uh, have been there, done that and, and can have that conversation. In closing, you guys got anything you want to say in relation to the topic today? I'll start uh, uh, again, I'll start with, with with the senior over there, right below me. You know, me, me, me respectful. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you, Mr. Hicks. How? What, what you got, sir? As we close. If you haven't done it, and if you have any grandkids, don't be afraid to let them ask you any questions they may have regarding you, and your life, how you grew up, or how you did what you did. And the reason I find it so important. Because I realized that when I was growing up, I knew very little about my grandfather, you know. And, and I spent some time recently with my granddaughter and my grandson. It was the best hour and a half I spent in a long time. So, hey, take time and let them hear from you. About you. Thank you, sir. Marvin, what about you, man? Uh... Like I say, uh, continue wearing your mask. Um, it does help a little bit, depending on what you're wearing. Because, like, I have allergies, and when I first started wearing the, the mask, I was I was kind of reluctant, also. But then, uh, once I put that mask on, I see my allergies dissipated. So, but hey, put your mask on. Keep away from people. You know, <laughs> feel sick. Stay your ass at home. Yeah, it um, is. 
It is. Put that on T-shirt. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a good little slogan right there. <laughs> if, you, if you feel, that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Mr. Burks, what you got, man? Man, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. It's not for you, for you, for other, for your friends, your family, you know, other people out there. That's that's all I got to say. You know, um, again, I may not believe all the hype out there, but I'm gonna wear my mask to save another person just after the So, um, just try to do something selfless for someone, you know, not be so. I mean, if you look at all those little videos that they keep showing, the person, they're, they're so concerned about somebody not wearing a mask, and they're right up on them. I'm like, what? if you're scared about the mask, why are you up on them? Wear your mask, wear your mask. <laughs> wear your mask yourself. Mm -hmm. Wear your mask, wear your mask. Yeah. Mr. O'Neill, first of all, first of all, before you get started, man, it's, it's a pleasure virtually meeting you man you know we we were introduced by a, a, a facebook friend and, and she said you need to talk to danny about this i said okay well let's let's get him online you you all right brother i see that pool you got there too uh we're gonna figure out something where we can do a barbecue or something over there at your house we all coming to your house with, with for, our man. yeah you know we we, <laughs> we just got we just invited ourselves so ho hopefully you know your way around the barbecue, uh, but we 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 want to come and, and continue to have this conversation and continue. To oh shoot, there he go with the pizza maker. Oh. I'm humbled to even be here, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and um, you know it's it's great for I think the ability to express yourself and number one spread some of those positive vibes and help people navigate some of the stuff is it's um, invaluable. I'll just say two things real quick. Well, as a recap. Uh, number one, we're going to have a chance to reflect on this and look back and, um, you know, what message do you want to have sent during this time, during this pandemic? What is it that you wanted to express to your community or to the world, uh, at large, you know, and how you were behaving and how you, uh, taught your kids or whoever else, you know, your neighbors to behave. And did you lead by example? And, and on the, another part, just to go with that is just, we usually don't feel the effects of doing the wrong thing or, you know, not doing the right thing right away. It usually takes a little time to catch up to us. And this is going to be no different. If we don't have uh, the intestinal fortitude to do the right thing, this is going to show up later on. It's not going to just, just going to be us suffering the consequences. It's going to be the future generations, our kids and our grandkids. Wow. Right. Right. That's a, that's, that's a very good way to put it. And that's a, that's a good way to, to, to close out. So again, gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you. Uh, for your service thank you for your, your your willingness to come on and have this conversation and kind of like the uh, the message that i put out there for folks look just just wear your mask man come on come on just just do it i know you don't want to we know you don't want to but you know we, we, we no one wants to we don't want to be isolated and, and uh quarantined in our houses as well you know i'm we, i'm trying to get to the gym sometime before i i lose uh all, any definition that i had before this quarantine so um We'll get through this together. Uh, I think there's still some conversation that needs to happen. Hopefully you believe the science more than you believe the politics that, that's out there, uh, because that's really right. where the, right. the message is. Uh, so, so follow that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us for Unscripted. It's been another great show. Evie, what do you think? It was all right? Thank you, all right, all right, y'all, y'all don't leave. You know, we, we, you know, we like to talk afterwards. And wear, if you were, wear your mask. Support your local businesses. Oh, see, there you go with the. See, there you go. If I didn't say this, these ladies would whip my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
That's 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 true. And just just plugging things on our airtime, you know. Start, I'm gonna start charging next time you come on screen. I'm gonna start charging you. I'll see you there Friday. Noon. Yes, you will at noon. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Y'all hang on for a little bit after we go offline because I want to chat to you. But everyone, thank you very much for joining another episode of ITN Live Unscripted with Scoop and EB.